Welcome to the new media show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Hey, Rob, welcome to the show. And before we even get started, if you're listening right now, you're going to want to wait till later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, of course we want them to be watching right now, Todd, but there's more to come. Oh yeah. There we're, we've got, we've got a hot and juicy one today. (laughs) No, we've got a guest coming on in 30 minutes at, uh, should be very, eh, it'll be fun. And, yeah. uh, we'll have a conversation. So, but I, I guess Rob, the, I've got like three pieces of really good stuff. Did you know Samsung opened up there? Anyone can now submit to Samsung podcast and they have a landing page. Set that's up. Awesome. Yeah. That's, you know, for a while it's been invite only. And, uh, I got the email a couple of days ago that they were going to open this up and, uh, and they have, and now they've got a, a website. Of course, I'm looking for it here in my, it's, it's at, uh, let me give the address. It's at, oh, I think it's samsungpodcaster.com because when I clicked on the link, it redirected. So let me, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's samsungpodcaster.com. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Let me find it. I'll find it. Find the email. From yeah, it. It's not going anywhere. All right. So yeah. I'll, I'll get it here because it's, it's samsungpodcast.com is the address. So it does make more sense. And it, and it redirects to developer.samsung.com. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Slash uh, podcast. That's right. And when you're over on the website, you and I've got it uploaded up here, Rob. I know you can't see this, but uh, it's they've done a nice job here. They they you know here's the thing, they listened, they listened to us finally, and then they came up with a landing page, and so now you're good to go over there, right? And yeah, that's good. so SamsungPodcast.com. I wonder who they had to buy the domain from. I'm sure someone had that wrapped up. It wasn't me because yeah. I you know I've I own a lot of some big media company podcast.com domain names. <laughs> not that I've ever run into any trouble with one of those in the past, but <laughs> no, not at all. Todd. <laughs> but I forgot to say, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, Todd. Staying busy with stuff. Well, good. Uh, you know, T minus what? Two and a half weeks to yeah. podcast movement. T minus so excited for that. Right. Yeah. So we're ramping up and lots of things going on and, can't talk about our, our secrets of what we're going to be presenting, but, <laughs> oh boy. Those but you know, yesterday I was on, uh, I, I, boy, I tell you, Rob Walsh has got the, uh, got the memo because at, uh, the radio Inc event yesterday, um, we, 
Man, he was pushing glow.fm, 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 glow.fm. He was pushing that big time. And of course, you know, I, I was countering by saying, well, you know, if you have your own website, you can do that on your own website. You don't need to use a third party or you can you can use a pit product from us or, you know, <laughs> right. yes. yeah. but he got the memo to, uh, to promote, to promote glow.fm one of your uh, latest acquisitions. So yes, yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I so, can see Rob doing that. Sure. Oh yeah. So uh, someone had told him, make sure you're promoting. And of course I, you know, I had, I had countered by, well, you know, you need to make sure you have a, you know, big enough audience to commit to doing something privately. And, you know, so I, I, I busted the narrative up just a little. <laughs> well, the whole purpose of the conference was to learn how to monetize from podcasting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How so, to monetize. Right. Yeah. Right. But, so. you know, we got the ask invariable question, you know, why should a podcaster pick a paid podcast platform? So we were, we were gentle, uh, in that response and, but, uh, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, that's probably a very viable question now being that there's two or three or four free ones out there. So, yeah. but, but I did have, um, and, and let me check my email and make sure the email hasn't come back yet because I, I've been in correspondence with, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. He clarified it. So I've been in contact with him. If he's listening right now, how you doing? I'm not going to say his name because, you know, he's kind enough to communicate. But uh, one of our Apple friends um, has been, um, there was an announcement that came out yesterday. Most everyone probably knew about this or maybe you don't but basically he says uh, hey Todd I just want to share you with you a quick update on new show submissions flow in Apple Podcasts you know already that I'm listening every week sometimes live when I catch it to the new media show and appreciate your perspective and feedback with that the changes are an attempt to make the process easier and more streamlined for new users he goes on to say when users click plus then new show, they will now see an updated pair of options for show type, aka add a show with an RSS feed and aka add a show without an RSS feed. The description for each show type makes clear which option creators should select based on how they're hosting and distributing their show. Now, let me read the rest of this and I'll back up. We've also made changes to the settings that allowed creators to manage the availability of their show through the catalog. Now creators will see a distribution option under show availability. By default, when creators submit a show to Apple Podcasts, the show is available for distribution through the catalog API. If creators opt out, they're presented with a confirmation message to ensure they understand the show will only be available on Apple Podcasts. We think this updated flow provides creators greater clarity and flexibility over the distribution of their shows. Hope you find these changes helpful. Let me know if you have any questions. So, of course, I did. So, my, I understand that they, podcasters now can opt out of the API. And what does that mean to every podcaster listening here? You won't, you won't go beyond Apple. You, on all these apps that use the Apple API, 
you'll no longer be in any of those apps that rely on Apple's ecostructure to fill their directory. Like so, an overcast. Yes. Yeah, you won't be in overcast. Right. You right. won't. Well, I think overcast has its own directory. So there, they have a submission. I, I, I think he has his own. My understanding, Marco had his own directory database. So, you know, that, that's what I've heard in the past, but I know there's other apps that don't. So my, right. res, my right. response was how would a podcast not have an RSS feed and still be able to submit? And I'd assume that would be for a premium podcast listing. He replies, he says, that's correct. We have some shows that are paid subscription only, which means they set up and manage the show on Podcast Connect only. And I think we all knew that. Also, neither option will corner you into managing the show in this way forever. You can add an RSS feed to an Apple-hosted show later. And this really raised my questions because I thought, hmm. Or remove an RSS feed from a third-party hosted show and make it paid only. So that's interesting. Or remove an RSS feed from a third-party hosted show and make it paid only. So you could take a, pu a public show and make it private. The default and most common usage is with RSS feed, and that's why we select it by default on this screen. I hope these answer these questions. So, so, so me, I'm still thinking, okay, I haven't really got the crux of the answer yet. So I said to him, I said, so to clarify, can a public show be hosted on Apple without an RSS feed? Because you can submit a show without an RSS feed. So, so when you say public, are you implying that it's not a premium show? Not a premium show. So right. I said, so to clarify, can a public show be hosted on Apple without an RSS feed? He replied, I'm not sure I understand the question, but try this. A show that has an RSS feed can also have Apple hosted episodes too. We knew that. We knew that they could mm -hmm. add that. Mm -hmm. The RSS feed will have all episodes that are freely available while the Apple-hosted episodes will only appear in line on the Apple Podcast app like bonus or early access episodes. A show that does not have an RSS feed will not show up in Apple Podcast API to third parties, will only appear in Apple Podcasts with all episodes available to paid subscribers. Does this answer your question? So he kind of answered a question, but it sounds to me, and we'll have to have someone do an experiment, it sounds to me like you could go over to Apple Podcasts and publish a public show and not have to use a hosting provider. And not not make it a premium program? And not make it a premium program. That's the way it sounds to me. And I, again, if, if someone's listening, you can reply to that. But that's, that's my takeaway. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have to have an RSS feed for to be public facing and you can do these additional bonus things. So Well, that would imply that Apple would give the option to cache all the episodes in their mm -hmm. system and make them available without the need of an RSS feed, which but, means that the content creator would have to log into Apple Podcast Connect, upload the episodes directly to Apple um, to make that available. Um, Potentially. That would be... A, That'd be the only other way that I would see so that, that would work. So if, right? if I'm correct in my understanding, and again, I might not be, mm -hmm. you might be able to turn off the API and potentially have a public show only on Apple Podcasts. Right. 
So, so Todd, is this the potential realization of what we've been worried about for years about Apple kind of turning off their, their API in some ways? No, I don't think so. I think they're well, just giving podcasters the option to opt out. But that's opening the door to less content being available via the API. I right? understand that. So, so yeah. my, you know, the, and I'm sure, I think the podcast 2.0 folks had kind of, I think this was, a, again, I'm, I have to go back and look at what they're, they're doing. But I think that this was part of some of the uh, things over there where you could stop distribution to certain locations. So um, it, it's just an interesting commentary. And I, I appreciate the dialogue. And again, I'm not going to say who at Apple is talking to right. to us but um you know i do appreciate that that feedback and that you know kind of that heads up so it you know it you know and just for fairness everyone we're going to have someone on here in about 17 minutes or so that is we're going to be talking a lot about the viability yeah. of rss and some controversy yeah, the, there's definitely a common theme in this uh episode right on that on this topic and and we, we we've been talking about it also and it does um it, it was kind of triggered by the change that anchor made here recently about making RSS feeds optional mm -hmm. um, and make it a request only, which pushes, pushes us down a path towards more of these big platforms moving towards exclusive content and people publishing just to their, their listening platform mm -hmm. instead of publishing via the open standard of RSS, which is the distribution everywhere type of approach that podcasting, the podcasting model was built on, um, going back 17 years. So, you know, and our, our guest that's going to come on is, uh, going to talk frankly about this issue and where he sees the industry moving forward in the next five years. As you look at these big listening platforms and I, I tend to, I, I disagree with the premise of what he's talking about and what this is, what's going on here, but I can also get real practical about it and say that that's definitely, it appears that these big platforms are kind of moving in this direction. And, and, um, we may get back to a time when, uh, these big platforms are caching episodes again. I, I, so. I want to save my commentary for later on all this because I, yeah. we're going to have, uh, you know, interesting dialogue here. And yeah. I, and I no, think that, fine. I think that, um, what we, you know, and, and Rob, you and I have been talking quite a bit here recently about podcasters taking control. Right. Right. And for me and this show and for my personal show and for the show that I do over at Blueberry, I, I don't care where they listen. I want them to listen. And, and if they catch that show on Spotify, if they catch it on iHeart, Pandora, or one of the other lockdown ecosystems, which is really not a lock, you know, I still get in there. Right. For me, the show gets distribution in there. Um, I right. still get stats insights from those platforms too. So yeah, I know where the media is being consumed for me. I think that, uh, and from what we see, it's going to be very, I uh, see I'm, I'm getting into, into this topic where our guest is, I'm going to want to talk to our guest with, so I'm gonna have to be careful. I, I think that, um, distribution to us is important. And if we, you know, again, I'll save some of my commentary because I, I, I think this is going to be good dialogue later, but I guess I'll switch topics. Here. I do want to 
do a little pitch here, Rob. I'm sorry. Apologize. But uh, we, uh, um, Blueberry has been working with a new partner and uh, we did a proof of concept app for our podcast insider show at Blueberry. And we built a Apple and Android app with a partner. So with some very, very cool tools and our Android app is available now. So if you look at my Twitter feed at Geek News, you'll be able to see the link to where it's sat on the Google podcast director. The Apple apps come in here in probably another week or so. We just couldn't get the permission set for the partner to get in there and, and get it submitted. But um going to see. We're going to see if this makes sense. And then, and, and, you know, we're going to test the, the, the pricing of this. And the pricing is pretty aggressive. So, but if anybody wants to see the app, just search for Podcast Insider at, on, the, uh, on the Android App Store. And you can give it a check out. So, so is this like a, an app, like a podcast listening app? Yeah, you That's know, it's, it's, it, right. it is, and it has a limitation though. And it's the only limitation is, is it does everything you would expect from a podcasting app, except it doesn't download the media. That wasn't part of their system. They, you can click it and it'll play, it'll stream fine, but you're not going to be able to listen offline. So basically the deal we've made with them is like, if I get X number of podcasters to sign up for this, you're going to have to build the download feature into this because that's what's going to be expected. So that gives you all the social feeds, your blog feeds, it's got contact, you know, it's really pretty powerful from a standpoint of a podcaster saying, I want this element, this element, this element, this element, this element, this element, and they launch it. And then if they want to add elements, they can do that without having to republish the app. It's pretty cool from that yeah. standpoint. So anyway, just go check it out. Yeah, if you have awesome. an Android device. That's awesome. Um, Todd, did you notice that, uh, looks like Netflix is jumping with both feet in sure. podcasting now, they hire the former head of content from Apple Podcasts. Uh, Jerry Eaton um, is now heading up Netflix. So th this is another platform that's uh, probably going to be fairly premium in their orientation to podcasting coming into the space. It's uh, not surprising. Everyone wants to be in the podcast business right now. So, but, you know, it brings up an interesting perspective. And it goes along with some of the same conversation we're going to have in a little bit. Yeah. I, I had a company, a very big company, email me at, for the podcast award and say, hey, we can't submit our podcast for the awards because we don't have an RSS feed. And my reply back to them was, well, you're not a podcast. You don't have an RSS feed. And you're not, you're, you, no one can subscribe without having a user password, getting into your site. You, you're, that, that wasn't taken well where were they hosting i can't say because i don't want to piss them off any worse because i'm sure they're listening to this show but i, I was just like sorry i you know if you are, want to be part of the podcast awards you have to be a podcast and as i explained to them joe rogan is no longer a podcast joe rogan is a show that is exclusively on spotify he may call himself a podcaster but Technically, if we want to go down that road, technically, quote unquote, he's not a podcaster anymore. Now, I know that ship has sailed. Well, Todd, is it time to 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 look at the Webster's Dictionary and and redefine that word? No. It's already more. It's already more. 
why? It's simple. I, I'm I'm a old curmudgeon. It's my award show. No, no, I'm not saying that you need to change. I'm just saying, as we look at, and I sort of I've I've started talking about this in some of the presentations that I've been doing about the future of podcasting and and do we need to expand um, the, the definition? definition of what a podcast is? I mean, if a podcast is available on YouTube, only available on on YouTube, is it a a podcast or is is it not? It, it, it's, is it formatted like it's a YouTube a channel? I get it, I get it, but some of them still are re- <laughs> referring to themselves as podcasts. Well, great. I, I just, you know, this is going to be part of the bigger topic that we're going to talk about deeper with our guests. But, you know, is are we reaching a point with this medium? You know, you look at Netflix coming into the space. Yep. I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to be doing a lot of public open distribution of content. This may be um, content that they produce that they call podcasts will be kind of like what Audible did like four or five years ago, which is pr- produce a bunch of shows that are behind their their uh, their paywall. Again, right? more commentary yeah. for about eight minutes from now. I know, but you know, this is all good lead in. It is how important this topic is uh, as we look to the future because. Podcasting space is is evolving. It's it's changing. People's perceptions of this medium is is expanding. It's true. not like it used to be. That's so no, and, it's true, right? And until so, I mean, where does RSS fit into this in the scheme of things? Until when more and more right changes un- happen. Until podcasters wake wake up one morning and say, "I'm being controlled by the man." Well. You could make a case, Todd, that 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 there's been a little bit of that that's been around the podcasting space for a very long time. Well, but at the same time, I have I, Todd, has a right to put my both my middle fingers up, (laughs) and you do. (laughs) (laughs) I have I have the ability to put both my middle fingers up and choose where my content goes. Right. Again, I, I like distribution, but I also like the idea that I can pull the plug. They can pull the plug on me too. You know, that's that's the reverse course is true. Well, I think a great example of what we're talking about is, you know, before Joe Rogan did the deal with uh, Spotify, he wasn't on Spotify. Right. He didn't need Spotify. <laughs> right. He didn't need it. Downloads, did no, he, he didn't. <laughs> but in so. the but to get where he was. To build the show mm-hmm. where he was. Was on Apple. He had to have a, a podcast feed. He had to. He would have not gotten where he was and gained mass following and ease of consumption of the content had he not. Now. Oh, hang on. I believe our guest he's, is he's, about he's, to join us. I'm going to time uh, three minutes. Okay. To kind of set this up a little bit, uh, our our guest's name is Tanner Campbell, and uh, he's been involved in podcasting since about 2010. 
and he's a he's been a longtime podcast creator himself, producer, engineer. He's worked with lots of uh, lots of podcasts for for many years. And there's been this thread of conversation on on Twitter that's been going on the last couple of days about <laughs> what the future of RSS is and kind of the challenges that uh, podcasters face today. Um, more specifically, and his comments are around monetization and and how podcasters, you know, where's the opportunity to make money? Is it off of open distribution? Uh, or is it off of more closed distribution, like more of a YouTube model? And then also, um, you know, is podcast 2.0, the podcast, you know, project that Adam Curry's working on, is that going to move the, the needle? Uh, and so Tanner's going to come on. Tanner's been doing a lot of stuff on Clubhouse too. So he's been very active in the alternative audio platforms too. So and he's a, he's seen as a little bit of a controversial figure in the podcasting space with well, you know some some different thoughts and he's got I an opinion. Pretty yeah, I had a pretty heated uh, Twitter stream <laughs> with him over the last <laughs> few days, and and I think he's got some interesting perspectives that I think you know he's speaking for a lot of independent producers uh, how uh, how they're frustrated with, uh, you know, spending a lot of time producing terrific podcast content and struggling to be able to earn a living from it, uh, and to grow. And he's just look, he's open to looking at a lot of other ways of thinking about this medium. And one of them is what is the future of open RSS when it's so hard to, um, to, to monetize and to, to grow based on what he's seen in RSS. So hopefully he'll, he'll join us here in a second and, <laughs> we can we can dive in. We, we we can uh, we can start the com the conversation, and I'm sure some of you are like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting," <laughs> yeah. you know. And I and I have been kind of uh, you know kind of outspoken as I normally am on Twitter in regards to this thread as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, um, I, you know, kind of as a lead in as he's getting ready to come in here, I said. Uh, uh, basically, I was replying to James Cridlin's thread um, that's kind of started the <laughs> started much much of the conversation. Is um, basically James was you know saying you know kind of wide open, and he was mentioned today in Pod News as well. So um, I had said, count me out as well. It's always fun to watch these folks to say, let's walk away from RSS when they have nary a clue on why it's allowed the space to remain open. I said, Adam right. Curry and Dave Weiner may have a thought or two as well. Those that want to go up without RSS, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd, did you see this other um, um, item in James's newsletter? Um, does Google occasionally think it knows the address of your podcast RSS feed better than you do? Yeah, well, so they, they've they, been letting people fix it here for a little while. <laughs> right, so they have a, uh, a, a uh -huh. tool now that allows you to select your preferred RSS feed. Yeah. So, so Tanner, has, has your ears been burning or have you been watching? We've, we've been talking already. Oh, no, I had not been, no. I was uh, finishing up some work in Illustrator. It's okay. So... Uh, Rob is primarily already done your introduction almost, but Tanner, welcome, oh, yeah. welcome to the show, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna have a little fun here. So, just just to set the record straight, we we treat everyone that comes on the show with utmost respect. This is a conversation of ideas, and uh, yeah. 
while we have uh, impassioned conversations on Twitter, we can we can break it down beyond what two hundred fifty six characters at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate and, that. And... I'm always one for uh, fair and kind conversation, even with those I disagree <laughs> with. Yeah, exactly. And and Tanner, that's exactly why you know I, I wanted you to join us was because you do raise some really good points and really good perspectives on the on the medium and where you see it, it it heading and i the more i think about it and the more i see some of the things that are being announced in the news it it does kind of lead me to think that maybe some of the things that you're saying uh, may come to pass and and they they are not necessarily i don't think um, really what's what's best for podcasting but i i think you know the truth is is that they they may be coming whether or not we like it or not and so i don't know if you could set up a little bit your your thoughts on the kind of kind of encapsulate the the Twitter conversation that we've had here over the last um, couple of days would be great. Uh, sure. Will you permit me? So I wrote this down because I felt like something that happened on Twitter was that there were so many disparate uh, entities coming into the conversation <laughs> right. that I don't right. know that the point I was trying to make was uh, necessarily the point that everyone left with. So right. would anybody be upset that I spent two minutes kind of reading this kind of prepared little bit? Yeah, let's go ahead. Please do. Please okay, do. Okay, perfect. So my presuppositions are this. I figure that's a good place to start because I'm assuming some things. Let's define what I'm assuming. Number one, podcasters want to be heard by as many people who will resonate with their message as possible. Mm-hmm. Number two, podcasters want to be paid for their creative output. Part of this is because they want to cover costs or escape a day job, and part of it is validation. To be paid by your audience is to feel highly valued by that audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If either or both of these presumptions, uh, presuppositions are true, then this is also true. One, podcasters must be discoverable, uh, and I watched uh, your previous episode about the differences between findability and discoverability, and I thought that was a pretty keen conversation. Two, podcasters must be adept at marketing, And three, podcasters must present an attractive value proposition in order to make that money, if that's something they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Here are some things that I think are true about RSS. Number one, it's not a platform. It's a distribution method. Of course. Distribution Mm -hmm. isn't irrelevant to discoverability, and you guys talked about that in the last episode. But it doesn't create what we mean, at least what I mean, when I say discoverability. Mm -hmm. Uh, and podcasters need algorithm-driven discoverability like pods, or now, more appropriately, Spotify, because they bought pods. Also, I think this to be true, it can be expanded, and this is obviously true. These are things I feel like are obviously true, but I want to be clear. It can be expanded via namespace augmentation to facilitate secure payments, amongst other things, and that's what Podcast 2.0 is doing. Mm -hmm. And that shortens the CTA funnel which is certainly going to have some kind of impact on the conversions of those CTAs. However, I do not feel like it will have a dramatic one. Uh, It leaves podcasters in the following situation. They are not set up to succeed. And this is really the crux of what bothers me about RSS. They are not set up to succeed on the merit of their content, which is what they're good at. Instead, in order for a creator to succeed, they must become community organizers marketers, social media strategists. And they very frequently need to become those things all in one person. They don't have a team 
and they don't often have a budget. Well, we that's we've talked about that for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, th- this is I feel overwhelming to anyone new to the medium, and in truth, it's been overwhelming to anyone new to the medium for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I first started podcasting, which was maybe five or six years after you guys started podcasting. The only reason I felt like I could approach it was because I had a certain technical aptitude. So even then, there was an intimidation to becoming a podcaster. And Libsyn solved that in part by making it easier to get into the game. And then you just had to worry about sound and stuff. So anyway, this overwhelmingness is at the heart of uh, the difficulty of being found organically Mm -hmm. and accidentally, which I feel like is important. I don't mean, and you guys talked about findability and discoverability, and I said I like that conversation because being found organically doesn't mean somebody punches your name in to a search engine because that means they already know who you are. Mm-hmm. You want somebody to find you by mistake right? because they like things that are related to what you're discussing. And I feel like this, that in particular, is what drives Podfate. People quit because it feels like they're not making progress, and they're not making progress because they can't do all the things mm-hmm. that are now required. Very few people can do that. And Omni Studio says, you guys have probably talked about this. I know Libsyn has published uh, similar. I don't know if Blueberry has. I imagine there's probably been some kind of discussion. 50% of podcasters have fewer than 100 listeners to an episode within the first 30 days after a release, which suggests pretty strongly, I think, that they have 100 subscribers or less. That doesn't feel good. Lack of listeners, lack of vindicating monies, uh, take your pick. Either one doesn't feel good. So if you're a podcaster, you're looking to solve this difficulty. And this is this is where I get into why I feel how I feel about RSS. I don't hate RSS, but in a desire to solve this, the desire to solve this will drive increasingly new podcasters to all-in-one solutions. Spotify is an all-in-one solution. It's the only one really right now, uh, but I don't think it'll be the only one. Ads, hosting, community building, memberships, music insertion, lossless audio, et cetera. And it has discoverability. Probably pretty good discoverability. But Spotify, uh, Spotify is not doing that. Spotify is only uh, doing that for 20 shows. Discoverability? They're only doing they that get? for the top shows. They're not, they're not building community around shows that are in the lower tiers. They're not doing well, that. R- well, right now they just purchased pods. And right now they just rolled out Greenroom. Again, those things have got to indicate an intention to want to make those things usable by the people who would create on their platform. Anyway, I'm almost done, I promise. Sure. That's okay. So (laughs) So when I said RSS is no longer required to find success as a podcaster, I absolutely meant exactly that. But my real point was that RSS will begin to fall from the lexicon as new creators begin to outnumber old ones, not because RSS sucks, but because RSS leaves creators with too much non-creative and administrative shit to do. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Because if you think back and once, see, this is what's going to happen. All right. So let's say you go over there and just decide you're going to be on Spotify. All right. Spotify is now your boss. Just like YouTube is your boss and how they can de-platform, de-voice, non-monetize. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're on Spotify and you're counting all your chickens in one hatch, or is that the right word? I think I spun that the wrong way. <laughs> Count, yeah. So it's going to, you now are dealing with a gatekeeper. You have someone now that is essentially your overlord of your content. 
So, you know, if you decide to go over there, you know, here's what I think about the anchor thing and them deciding not to give podcasters RSS feeds. Great. Because what that does is that keeps them off the platforms that they've been spoiling with, you know, a million or so dead listings and causing, causing a discoverability problem because you're going to go looking for a show and you're going to find one and it's going to be dead. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's competing for search, search terms. So if, if you want to be on Spotify and just be on Spotify and not have an RSS feed, I'm two thumbs up for those folks. Go ahead and do that. But I think what in the end, my position is, and the way I kind of feel about it, and we talked a little bit about earlier on the show, is I choose where I want to be. And that's the beauty about this space. There's no rules. Todd doesn't tell Tanner where he has to have his show. You decide where you want your show. If you want to be on Spotify, more power to you. And if that model works for you, go for it. Todd gets Who is that? Who is that most beautiful for, do you think? That's for you. For you. You get, to, you get to decide that. Absolutely. And that's the power of this space right now is you get to choose where your show goes. You don't have to be on iHeart. You don't have to be on Apple Podcasts. You don't have to be, well, Google Podcasts, you're kind of there by default if you have a website. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've given you a way to opt out of that. But most everywhere else, even today, Apple has introduced something where you can turn off the API so you don't are not in any other podcast apps if you so choose to be. Again, again, it's podcaster's choice. And when we started this medium, I used, I had to, we would have to beg, borrow, steal, and kiss somebody's ass to be on a platform. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to sign your life away, give up rights, give up points, and be expected to meet a certain production schedule. Then you might get on their platform. So well, when you, are you saying that there are not still such terms for a? P, I mean, you're calling it gatekeeping, but yeah. What oh, I think you mean, what I think you mean, instead of gatekeeping, is that you're talking about like some kind of arbitrary, morally driven decisions or financially motivated decisions about who appears on what platform. Well, I'm going to tell you what, what Spotify described with Spotify also exists on Apple, right? And would exist on Overcast. I mean, if somebody created a white supremacy podcast, yeah, we know that that shouldn't be there. Of course, so and that's people that's, can take it down. But that's that's but but at the same time, as much as we hate that content, if they have their own RSS feed, you, they can't be taken down. They still live on. In whatever they world they're in, but I no, think, still, but I think, would be, but I think they would be deplatformed, or we can say de-directoried. You, I guess, you would be, I don't know you would I be shocked of the number of shows that get deplatformed off Spotify on a weekly basis. They get deplatformed for what reasons, various reasons, and most of the times they won't. Most of the times they won't tell you. That all of a sudden we just get a notification: this show has been removed, mm-hmm. and you don't know why. And it's a show that you'd be like, hmm. That doesn't make any sense. But Can guess, you name a show that's happened? I won't do that for legal reasons. But they're, as a hosting provider, and Mike's watching today, we see those notifications come across all the time. Uh, Rob, how about you guys? You, you guys see delistings from Spotify all the time? Yeah, actually, a lot of them have to do with copyright infringement. No, um, that's... Yeah. I but mean, it, that's where most of it is coming from. But again, if I choose to be on Spotify because I want to be there, I'm a guest on their platform. I have agreed to their terms of service. I have agreed mm-hmm. if they want to monetize around my show and not expect to get a single penny. And uh, most podcasters over there, 98, 99% will never make a dime from Spotify. Now, they might make some money from Anchor with some, some sort of ad deal. That's mm-hmm. a potential, potential mm-hmm. there. 
But, you know, again, with the majority of shows not being monetized, regardless of what platform they're on, that's an industry problem. We've been talking about it for years. And I, I think that my whole st standpoint is, is I, personally, I don't think RSS is going away anytime soon. First of all, no one's going to rework their entire ecosystem infrastructure to well, exclude our blueberry and libsyn better hope not right <laughs> well no we'll we'll adapt we'll adapt there's 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 still going to be a, a a position for us rss or not um because of the tools that we offer our content creators so you know it's it's about growing shows now hosting is a commodity you know there's 25 hosting companies now so you have to differentiate yourself other ways so well, I, let's talk about growing shows because sure. that's kind of what I do, grow yeah. and monetize shows. Talk to me about what Blueberry or Libsyn is doing to grow a show and define what growing a show means to both of you. I'm growing interested. a show is about growing an audience. Rob, what are in, you... In numbers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, at this point, I mean, podcast hosts have not had that role of being the marketing arm of a podcaster. So, so we haven't really even assumed that role. Um, I think that more and more, both of us are hearing feedback from the podcaster community that they would like that from us. Um, but currently most of the podcast hosting platforms don't provide that service. We've, it would be something that would be difficult for a hosting platform to scale. Um, so I, I guess it's, it's really a matter of, of offering tools and, mm -hmm. and resources to the podcaster that can enable them to more easily do it themselves. Uh, and I, I believe that's what we've been focused on up to this point, though. I think that there is a need. Um, definitely. I hear it all the time and I know Todd, you do yeah, too, all the time. um, for that. And so we agree with the premise of what you're saying is that there's definitely a need for that. The other part of this to take an inverse position to what you're saying too, about, um, you know, working with like a Spotify or whatever. But if, if you put your podcast on one platform, you're as a content creator, you're giving up some of your power, right? Um, to, to be able to control which platform that you want to work with, that's going to give you the best deal. So as we well, see you're not, this, well, you're not giving that away. Right. I mean, you're making the decision to use Spotify only as right. an example. Well, yeah, I, it depends on what they bring to the table. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Once we get to a point, and I think we are getting to a point where more of these platforms, and we were just discussing this potentially about Apple doing the same thing that Anchor's doing potentially, um, is is making shows available only on their platform. So we're starting to see this development potentially happening. I don't think it's confirmed across a lot of players in the industry, but you know your premise is kind of interesting because. What if all these big listening platforms start to make the option of only having it available on the, you know, those big, one of those big listening platforms like Sirius XM or. Well, then there better be something in it Google for me. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, well, I mean, well, and, well, there is. There's not. There is something in it for you if you're a podcaster. I mean, for one, we know that Spotify brought, and we all have this on good authority, I'm fairly sure, certain. I know I do, so you guys must. Spotify brought on podcasters because they could monetize their platform to the, to the degree that they wanted to for the profit margins they wanted. They needed more content to get more ears, and they couldn't pay their musicians more, didn't want to pay their musicians more than they were already paying them. So the play for pod, pod, Spotify podcast was to mm -hmm 
just have more listens on their platform and, importantly, content they didn't have to pay for. Now, that jig right. was up almost immediately. We all knew what they were doing, and any podcaster right. who had been in the game for more than a month knew what they were doing. But I don't think, with what they're choosing to do with Anchor, with what they're choosing to do with Greenroom, with the rollout of memberships, I don't think that their plan is to continue to not make that platform valuable to the creator. It's not good economic sense for them. It doesn't make good business sense for them. And they know that they can't achieve what they want if there's not a profit. I wrote about this two years ago. So, if there's not a profit-sharing model in place for to entice those people, ease money. 98% of people will never get a dime from Spotify. Mark my words on that. You're saying that right now. Anybody Absolutely. who puts... Anybody who puts an ad in front of their uh, anchor, their self-read, hi, this is on anchor nonsense that they give everybody before they're eligible enough for ad insertion gets something. I think it's a $15 CPM if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, $0.75 cents or a dollar or something like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a $15 CPM. Uh, but so if, if they're but if using you, tools. But if you have 100 people listening to your show, it's still $1.50. Right, but if you're also able to leverage these new tools that they are creating – most importantly, probably green room and memberships, all of a sudden that kind of changes. I'm not talking so, about the right now. Okay. I'm talking about what happens in two years. So let me let me give you a little insight on audience consumption. We have insight into about 100,000 shows at Blueberry. About 100,000 shows use our statistics platform. Not all of them are hosting with us. I'm home at Libsyn, I'm at Podbean, various different mm -hmm. places. Our numbers on uh, on Spotify saturation is less than eight percent globally. For the now, again, some shows do very well over there. Some shows do very well over there, but a majority of shows do not. So, thus, as a podcaster, if I'm looking at my stats, if I, if you if you're a podcaster today. And and you go into your hosting provider stats and you look at your Spotify numbers. Are you willing to give up between 80 and 90% of your audience that you currently have, which may not be a big number yet, just to go exclusive to Spotify and not have an RSS feed? I contend no. Mm. I, I really contend no, that, that's not. This has been the beauty about RSS and syndication. Why does radio have syndication? Because the late Rush Limbaugh, he was on 700 plus stations, whether you like him or not. He was the biggest talk guy out there and he got money for that syndication. Now, what podcasters don't get today that Rob and I have been talking about is what we've all done is allowed all of these sites to use our content without any possible way to get revenue from them for that, for the content. If Spotify comes out and says, we're going to give podcasters the same type of money we give music artists based on plays they may have something there but i contend they will never do that why because 95 percent of podcasters want to be on spotify because they want to be on spotify they don't care about the 50 percent of podcasters globally don't care about making any money 35 to 40 percent do and maybe three percent are currently getting some money the, the other 50 percent they don't care they, I, I got the, this has been since the beginning of time, 50% of shows in our ecosphere, our active ecosphere, don't care about making a penny because they got different yeah, models. They're doing it for other reasons. Yeah. They've they're got a business, they've got consulting, they've got, they have other funnels. Okay. Hold on. Let's, let's pause that. 
that's content marketing. Sure. That's podcasting for this is also a hard conversation to have because there are different approaches and different preferences sure. for people who are yeah. using podcasting right. as content marketing sure. and people totally. who are using it for creative output, impact, yeah. advocacy, fun. But I would contend that excluding those, um, for example, a podcast that I, I will not name it because it feels inappropriate, but <laughs> a podcast that I've been creating since oh, late you can name You can name the show. It doesn't matter. No, I'm, We're I'm fine here. That's okay. fine. Uh, it's... Um, it's generated near to $60,000 in revenue for me. Sure. Now, I created that podcast with the sole purpose of generating revenue. That's content marketing. So I did too. Did I that, created my did, show for the show. So reason, well, I was told I had two years to make money. <laughs> did, did that <laughs> podcast, and, and I think this is a semantic conversation, sure. but did that podcast generate money? Or did my business and services generate money? Before I go on to what what my next thing is, but it probably as a result of the show, your business did. Grew. So is the podcast monetized? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then I would contend that there is no one out there who starts a podcast and does not want. Now they may feel very uncomfortable with money. I know a lot of us don't feel great about money. It feels kind of icky and evil. But I think that if people could adjust the way they think about that to something more like, hey, I get it. You're in this for the love of the thing. And you want to help people, I don't know, indulge in a D&D podcast or something. That's, that's your thing. And, you're not, and you don't care about making money. It'd be nice if you made like 30 bucks, cover your costs, but you really don't care about making money. Well, if your goal is not a for-profit goal, but it's an impact goal, and you can have that impact without money, then you could probably have more of that impact if you had some money because then you'd have a budget. And if you had enough of a budget, you might be able to dedicate your full-time life to having that impact in something you love. So I think when we frame it that way, people might change their tune about whether or not they want to make money with their podcast because when you approach them with that kind of commercial language, they're like, well, no, that's not why I'm in it. And that's why none of us got in it for that reason unless we started as businesses. So, well, again, again, you know, I work with a large pool of, you know, we basically put a word out on a a mailing list that goes to 75,000 podcasters that we have ad deals and we have specific ad deals. And my response rate runs pretty about the same number every time. And I'm going to tell you, there's podcasters that I approach that I would love to have ad deals and we have no interest in making money. We're doing oh, this well, for the love of it. Well, hold on. When you say ad deals, you mean inserting sure. ad into their no, content? You no, know, it would be uh, host read ad deals, those types of deals. Okay. Well, that, that's one model. Mm-hmm. And that might be a different answer if you said, hey, would you like to make money with your podcast, but not put ads in it? Like, I think you might get different percentages well, I think of the, answers. I, I think the thing is, though, what you're looking to do here is pie in the sky. Spotify is not, is not, I, I would be in two years if Spotify is paying podcasters for their content to be on their system, just to be on their system. I'll fall over. I'll, I'll be shocked. I'll eat my words, but I highly doubt it because what have they got? They've got a free ride. They were brilliant in what they did. They came to Libsyn and said, Hey, we'd like to have your podcast on Spotify. Libsyn says, hell yeah, let's get them on there. Libsyn used that as a marketing ploy. People went over there and hosted with them. They got a six-month free run and had the rest of us, and the rest of us were chomping at the bit because 
Libsyn had the lead. And then when we finally got our turn in the gate to go, we all things stopped and we rushed to get it ready. And we piled podcasters in by the thousands. And when that was all done, then Spotify went out and bought Anchor and, and bent us all over and greased us up. So, so it played. Well played. Great job on Spotify's part, right? They built this demand. They bought, But guess what they got? Free content that they'll never, they're never going to have to pay for. Because if, if I, Todd, say, well, I'm leaving Spotify because they're not paying me. Well, there are 999 other podcasts that are in line to replace me because they just want to be on Spotify to be heard by that Spotify audience that maybe meets their demographic. Spotify is never going to have to pay those podcasters beyond money that they make on Anchor. So if you're hosted at Blueberry or Libsyn and you're on Spotify, you're never getting a dime. You're never getting a dime from Spotify. Well, you might get you're, pon you're pontificating. Is no, I'm not here? pontificating. I'm just saying that you might get if they make some tools. Maybe you get some audience donations, but audience donations, we already know what that is. One to 3% of your audience will donate to your show. That's tops. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that discovery is going to be any better there than matter of fact, discovery is worse on Spotify because you can't search for a show on Spotify. If you, if you search for a show on Spotify, you, there's no Google, there's no Google result for a show. on oh, Spotify. Oh, you're saying it doesn't show up in a Google. Yeah, it's Got not. It. You can, you have to use the app. So you're locked in to that app if you're just on mm -hmm. Spotify. So I don't use Spotify as an app. So I'm outside. So that's another thing too. You're going to have a, so who uses Spotify app right now? 18 to 35, maybe mm -hmm. 35 plus is not. So now you've even narrowed even more the number of people you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. Rob and I, we get how many listens we get on Spotify, Rob couple. <laughs> You know, people don't listen to us. We're not the demographic for that content. So I think if you meet the, the exact niche they're looking for, the exact content, you'll do very well on Spotify. But Spotify is only going to write a limited number of checks to top tier shows. They're never going to give money to, and if they're going to help, they're going to make podcasters feel good, but maybe get a donation or two, but uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. Why would they pay? Why would they, they don't, they don't have to. Podcasters are giving up their shows for free on there. The reason they would want to pay is so you know this. You're from the radio world, right? That's I'm not. You said you started. No, I didn't start from the, the radio, radio world. No. Is that you, Rob? Yeah, I was from more from the radio world, but not not really that much. Actually, what's the old what's the old adage in radio and television? What's the only reason anything's on the air? Well, it's kind of hard to compare radio to podcasting, really, in a lot of ways. Because mm -hmm. it's a it's a gatekeeper driven medium that that limits the accessibility um, to produce content in that medium at, at such a high degree that they they don't have much diversity in content on that platform and that's what the power of podcasting is right. is the the diversity of content and the the openness of it that is accessible to everyone and radio just can't match that at all so the the for anybody who didn't get the reference the old saying not you guys anybody listening uh the reference is that the only reason that anything is on television or radio is so that you can sell ads yeah of course uh, and make money so the reason why i think mm -hmm. spotify 100 percent will start paying podcasters in stream dollars or pennies uh, as your as their artists will already tell you is the case is because they'll attract more creators, which means they'll be able to sell 
more ads, uh, all which means they'll be able to make more money. Every podcast is on mm -hmm. Spotify. It's it's in the high 90s of people that go over and be, put their shows on Spotify. They're, they don't mm -hmm. have to beg for content. Everyone wants to be over there. But what happens when they make the offer that if you create on Anchor, and we're talking, we're not talking about people who are already there. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, and not to hoist you on your own petard sure. here, but you just said something earlier about the fact that all the people who are creating podcasts now seem to be increasingly, you didn't say exactly this, but I think this is what you mean. And I've seen it myself with every client that comes through my door in the last two years. Well, we should get an anchor, right? Because that's free, right? That's what we should do, right? So those new people who are coming in, not not the people who are going to age sure. out of podcasting, who are just going to, you know, they're, well, podcasting was fun. That's not my thing anymore. I'm going to retire. I don't have to podcast anymore. That was fun. That's the end of my thing. All the new talent that's coming in, they're going to Spotify. And if Spotify says the reason you should come to us is, is yeah, you can do ads. And, yeah, you can do social audio with Green Room. And, yeah, you can sell memberships. But you know what else you can do? You can get paid stream monies. So, so you've got to be only here. Oh, so get, so so I'm going to give up 92 percent for the average show. Not I'm going to give up 92 percent. Yes. Oh, that's yes. insane! Absolutely no, insane. No, it's not. Do you know why you would give up 92 percent? Because never... that other 92 percent <laughs> you can't monetize because you don't know how. The only reason Spotify pays music artists is they've been mandated to by the copyright board by law mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. law. Guess what? Mm -hmm. In podcasts, they don't have to pay anything because there's no law. There's no, there's no, there's no way they're ever going to, uh, there'll be an echelon that's going to get monetized. The rest mm -hmm. of the people are going to be there for filler, for more content, for bragging rights. There's no way. Why would they? What they've done is they have brought Joe Rogan and all those people on. So people say, go listen on Spotify. More people go on Spotify and they pay. We're all giving Spotify an incredible amount of free advertising, an incredible mm -hmm. amount. We're building their base where they're getting paid. They are never, never going to pay the average podcaster a dime. I think they will. And as far as what you, what you <laughs> just said, uh, I think that. Uh, well, I don't know, Rob, am I wrong? Well, I tend to look at it more kind of, uh, as far as the whole ecosystem of podcasting, if each of these listening platforms did exactly what Spotify is trying to do to make RSS optional, yeah, which means mm -hmm. that each one of these shows that we're talking about here could go to each of the major listening platforms and they would have to publish directly to those platforms. And maybe mm -hmm. each of those platforms that they had a monetization deal with, right? It'll force a choice. Uh, yeah. If, if what you're saying is correct, um, Tanner, that, that that's what that's the model is, is you look to the future, which would could potentially eliminate RSS because each of the podcasters are going directly to the listening platforms to upload because they have a deal, which means that each of the episodes would have different advertisers or a different monetization deal, which would be a little bit more aligned with what we see today to some degree with the music side of these listening yes. platforms, right? Uh, we're there's duplication of content across all of these music streaming platforms. Um, I could see that as a possible outcome in the future. Um, uh, that would definitely undermine the, the, the free and open distribution based on RSS. Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have an RSS feed because then that keeps your show alive, even though maybe all these listening platforms decide to deplatform you 
like mm-hmm. what uh, we we have seen happen in the past. But you know, it does feel like that these big platforms are moving towards trying to get exclusive content so, on their platform. But the truth is, that every time each one of them does that, um, they they actually create an environment where they're not going to have exclusive content. So that that is a possible future outcome as well, I think. Do you remember the article? I, I don't know if, if we were familiar then, but I wrote an article about podcast creator unionization about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Did you want to read that? <laughs> I don't particularly remember, but I think we've talked about that quite a bit. But yeah. I do, do want to yeah. make one point, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. YouTube is the premier platform for video consumption. I spend a lot of hours on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. I use Vimeo, yeah. but... How, right. how much... Do you know what the percentage of YouTubers that monetize are? They uh, actually make money. I know that you have to hit an arbitrary uh, Point. subscriber amount and that the popularity and niche of your yeah. content will right. determine. Yeah. The, um, you have to have like 100,000 listening hours. It's 0.25% is how many, what is the percentage of YouTubers that make money? So what's mm-hmm. going to happen is there's going to be a carrot. If Spotify does, dangle any money, guess who they're going to dangle it to? The 0.25% that are the biggest heavy hitters. And those folks mm-hmm. are going to make out well. They're going to do well. They're going to make lots of money like Joe Rogan. They're going to do fantastic. But I think the average 99.5% of podcasters, they have no incentive to pay them because they've already said, hey, I'm over here. I want to be distributed. I want to be one of the cool kids on Spotify. Please pay, take my content. Because there's so many of those people, let's say, let's say Todd and Tanner, and maybe, you know, I'm kind of, I was raising hell a couple shows ago and you, you go back and listen to that episode. What if Todd, Tanner, and about a thousand other of us decide we're leaving, we're leaving Spotify and we go off and we say, we're going to form a union. Like you kind of suggest, let's form a union and say, okay, you can have us like an ESPN package. It's going to cost you this much. Maybe if enough of us did that, that would work. And I think that probably has a bigger chance of happening than them paying content creators. They're going to put some tools in place and dangle some, some carrots. And I've always said five, 10, 15, 25, $30 a month is often makes podcast cut readers happy, pays our hosting bill. I agree with all that. You know, I, I, you don't disagree. I don't disagree there because in the early days, when advertising was in the smaller shows, we were. We were sending checks out for 15, 30, 45, 100, 250, 300, 3,000 to a wide body of podcasters. And then the money rolled up into the big shows because the advertisers had no time to look at 400 shows. They could look at 20. And ad load now in those top shows are getting real heavy five, six, seven ad loads on an hour program. And so we have to be careful what we wish for. So let's say Spotify says, yep, we're going to monetize every show. And they wrap five ads around your content, pre-roll in between episodes. You're going to be pissed. You're going to be like, really? People got to listen for two and a half. And they can't fast forward through that. They're going to be like, so, yep, I got my check. But my listeners said, screw this. I'm going to go somewhere else and listen somewhere. So, you know, we have to be careful what we wish for. In these situations, Spotify holds all the cards on this. If they do right, if they do right by content creators, they'll do everything you're saying they're going to do. But guess what? What have they done to music artists? They've screwed them. 
Uh, I don't know that I agree completely with that. I think they could pay them more, but I also Absolutely. think that the business model uh, necessitates some pretty thin margins. Well, if they're already thin and they are required by law to pay the artists and they don't have to pay us nothing, mm-hmm. if I'm the CEO and they, all this content's on here and I'm going to have to lay out $100 million a year to pay the, some of this other echelon of podcasters where I'm getting it for free, I will be fired. I will be run out on a rail by my board of directors because I gave somebody money. I'd ha- there'd have to be a huge, huge influx of listeners. But again, if it's only 18 to 35, this, that's, or 40, let's say, let's go to 40 that's using that app. I don't know. <laughs> the takeaway for me is they will do it. And the reason that podcasters would choose to sacrifice the 92% that you referenced earlier, uh, 98% or whatever it was, I think it was 92, uh, is because they will make more money from a smaller audience on Spotify than they will be able to make elsewhere, having to do the work themselves. Okay, so we have a huge... Go ahead. I think that being paid, you know, two, three cents a stream, whatever it is, is more that most podcasters are capable of generating on their own. So we've got a pretty good live audience right now. So you guys heard what Tanner had to say. Weigh in. Is Spotify going to pay podcasters? Is that the fair question? What's the question we should ask, Tanner? Well, the conversation started by me saying that (laughs) new creators are going to see simpler solutions and that the end result of that would be fewer podcasts choosing to because of that ease and monetization ease. Rob, has your business business been hurt because of Anchor? Yeah, I'm not – I don't think so, but I think to some degree it – it has siphoned away um, content creators that have wanted to start out for free, but I also think a lot of those folks weren't necessarily serious right. podcasters either. That's so. why we have a million dead shows on Spotify. Right. And there is, you know, there's a fair number of active yeah. shows, but no, it's Thank true. There's a million, a million dead no, shows. No, I mean, there's <laughs> more than a million dead shows everywhere else. <laughs> no, there's not. There's not a, mo- there's not. If you look at all the dead shows combined across mm-hmm. all podcasts, I got that number. I'm not going to is announce it, it on the show, but Spotify beats all of us combined are for dead shows. Are we going off of pod- podcast index currently live RSS feeds? I'm are, just are saying. We going off that stat? I'm just saying I know what the number is of the number of dead shows across different platforms. And what is a dead show to Blueberry? A dead show. A dead show is someone that's quit podcasting. For how long? If they quit paying the bill. Ah. <laughs> That's a dead podcaster. So now let me ask it. So it's a different question if you ask me who's an active podcaster. What do I mm-hmm. consider an active podcaster? An active so podcaster is someone that's published an episode in the last 90 days. Yeah. That's what I would define as an active podcaster. And we know there's only about 600,000 shows that have produced an episode in the last 60 days. So everywhere, everywhere. right. We know that. It's 15%. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so which do you? I mean, I understand your hosting yeah. company, so people not paying the bill probably matters more to sure. you. But do you who, who's a, who's deader? <laughs> do you do you think that one is deader than the other? No, they're the same. But I'm just saying they have added to, and incre- mm-hmm. my my podcasters at my company are the longest lived in the space, and there's a reason for that. They have a purpose. The longest lived. I'm longest sorry. lived. In other words, they 
the state on day one, and they are, they have a X number of years of longevity. Oh, before they leave, Be, or before retire. they retire or whatever. So the reason for that is, is because they have a purpose. They they're paying. They know what they want to do. They've got a, a specific show goal, whatever it may be, and and they know what they're they're trying to do. They're building a brand, whatever it may be. Libsyn has their own. There's a certain amount of pod fade in every company, you know. And really, right. the right. failure rate on new shows is still higher than fifty percent within the first six episodes globally, globally. You, but anchors accelerated that. So what you've got is you've got a million, million and a half listings on Apple Podcasts that probably should be taken down. They got some from us, got some from Libsyn that need to be taken down too, and they are right. removing shows. Right. You know, that it's not saying that those don't exist, but I think getting back to the crux of things again, Spotify has only captured this amount of market share. Me as an individual podcaster who has been podcasting for 16 years, who does have a sponsor, who does do everything I do to build a show and work hard and grind and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then for me, that bigger distribution is, is 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 important and i and i you know there's much there's a lot of merit to podcasters not putting in the time and doing what they need to grow the show and i i meet with podcasters every week and we talk through that and stuff about their website and you know podcasters have their own challenges and growing their podcast and um so yeah yeah on the lips side we 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 deliver about 13% of our downloads to, to Spotify. So it just puts it in perspective. I know some of the other platforms, hosting platforms in the podcasting medium have higher percentages going to Spotify. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a demographic issue um, around um, new shows and uh, kind of more younger appealing content or, or there because Sp Spotify does cater to uh, to a younger demographic and the shows that are consumed over there tend to be in that 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 particular um, end of the content spectrum. But but don't get me wrong, Tanner. I would love to see all of these platforms paying for mm -hmm. content. I'm I hey I, I think my content's valuable. Right. right. Yeah. I I, we all agree. On I that. think Definitely. it's you know it's we know they're getting a free ride. I think we all will agree that we'd like to get some, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks, whatever it may be. That would be fabulous if, if they did that. So, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. If, you know, Rob and I have been talking about this for a while. Years ago, I was at NAB and I had a guy come up to me and he said, uh, um, I'll, I'll produce a 10 show, a 10 podcast episode series for you for $20,000 and we'll get distribution rights. We'll get it paid. And I'm like, you don't understand podcasting. I said, podcasts are free. They're distributed for free. I said, that model doesn't work. Now, today, Wondery, Gimlet, they're all spending huge amounts of money to build big shows. And that's a mm -hmm. business model they've made work. And, but they've got an infrastructure in place to make that happen. I think a podcaster that really wants to grow big needs to hitch his wagon train to, and if he has good content to a company like that to say, hey, help me out, help me move forward. I think you have a better chance of making money with one of those networks per se or network of your own, build your own network and do that. Um, yeah. And again, it's, this is not easy. We've been talking about this money thing for a while. And, you know, I'm, I'm knock on wood. 
I'm fortunate. I, there's my sponsor for my show right there. You know, they've been with me for a long time, but they could say tomorrow we're done. Are you I'm, pointing at Rob? No, I'm pointing at GoDaddy down there. So, you know, GoDaddy they, has been a sponsor of, show of for my like personal 15 show. 15 years now. Yeah, yeah. So they've been, for, but what do I have to do every month? I have to deliver new butts to their platform. I have to deliver new customers. I don't get paid on renewals. I get paid on new customer acquisition. So it's, it's a traditional ad play in my show, but what is the model I've used? I've used the model of getting enough new listeners coming into the show as the old ones leave. Cause I've been doing this for 16 years that enough people will buy a GoDaddy product to keep them happy with me. So it's, it's a different model of what I, so I need mass distribution. I don't need minimal distribution. I need more because that's, that's the model I've done. So yeah. again, there's 25 different ways to, to make money with this value for value get and if you have truly valuable content then your audience should be your main you know you go listen to adam curry and no agenda they've mastered it for value for value i wish i could mm. do what they do i really do but they spend three hours on well, their show adam curry has a cult of personality which is a which is helpful <laughs> well you know and he's he's, he's a masterful yeah. person creating content and uh That's also true so yeah. you know that that goes a long ways. You know, I was an aviation electronics technician. I never stepped in front of a mic. I still slaughter the English language every day, even on this show. <laughs> so let's let's uh, jump back to the conversation, speaking of uh, Mr. Adam Carolla, uh, about RSS and RSS 2.0. Did you say whether, Adam Carolla? Uh, oh, would I say Adam Carolla? Adam Curry, sorry. <laughs> He's um, probably okay at podcasting too, as far as I Yeah, it was a slip of the tongue there. Sorry. Um and, and sort of talking about the the podcast 2.0 project that Adam Curry is is working on, and you know I know Tanner, you thought that uh, that's that's a good project, but it may not be enough um, to to help podcasters with the needs that they have. As you look to the future of monetization, and that be may be one of the reasons why why you think that um, RSS may be you know fading into the the horizon. Um, I mean, what's your thought on the podcast 2.0 project and, and, uh, why, why it's not relevant, you think going forward? I do want to preface before he says this. I've said from the beginning, the podcast 2.0 initiative has a long road to climb. Right. Right. Oh, well, I mean, advancing a frozen spec, no matter how you decide to do it, it's got a long yeah. road to climb. But, uh, but that said, I think that they're pretty damn creative people. The whole team over mm -hmm. there is doing some pretty impressive stuff. I yeah. think it's amazing that um, you might be able to take bitcoins through various apps if they decide to adopt the new tags and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the other things that they can do now. I think it's incredible. This show, is earning, <laughs> this show is earning Satoshis as we speak, but not enough to accumulate to cash into anything. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> the the shortcoming I see with it is not in its concept uh, or its technical execution. It's well in that, frankly, platforms would need to choose to adopt it. Oh, true. Yeah, absolutely. True. We know that. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's the most uphill climb of the uphill, I think. But in addition to that, as I've said a few times now, if what new podcasters want is all-in-one, all-inclusive, you know, cruise ships to podcasting, then I don't know that they're going to care. 
I think they're going to go to there's certainly a future where let's say uh, Libsyn, Blueberry, Captivate, all these people, all these uh, companies start providing those services. They say, you know what, we can we can do that too. We can help you grow. Well, then maybe RSS fades from the lexicon of the creator, uh, but is kept alive within the podcast hosting industry. So Apple has had podcast ingestion since 2005. They just reworked their platform. The podcast injection is still primarily by RSS. Google mm-hmm. is powered by RSS. I, you know, again, I don't think I, I would predict that RSS is going to be as strong as ever in ten years. But I'll I'll say this: the landscape can change by these individual players. But here's the problem: right. everybody is now going to have podcasts. Netflix, Amazon, Spotify. Pandora, iHeart, GeoSavin, Ghana, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Indian platforms, Muslim platforms, Samsung, all these platforms. Podcaster distribution is going to be global. It'll be in every app. You're going to open up an app from some app that you're going to have. They're going to have 25 shows in there that have podcasts in, and those are all going to be processed via RSS feeds. Mm -hmm. So, RSS isn't going around any, going uh, away anywhere, but what could happen is Spotify captured more of the advertising dollars. They could, absolutely could. We've talked about that on the show. They could do that. And, but then again, if they do that, let's say they capture a whole bunch of money for, for podcast advertising. They're going to put in the stream. They're going to serve it as a stream. They have no incentive up to this point to pay podcasters and we would, and I think the experiment would, and actually we've heard it a few times ads run in between podcasts that weren't a Spotify shows. I would wonder how podcasters would react and how loudly they would scream. If there was three ads between something they were listened to, to starting another episode of who knows what, I wonder what the reaction in the space was, especially if they didn't get paid. So maybe they'll become under pressure to have to pay, but uh, they they don't pay music artists, you know, only what they're mandated to, and they do that begrudgingly. Well, Todd, I think if you look to the history of the medium, I think in the early days of podcasting, any company, and I think uh, Stitcher was the one that was that comes to mind first that played around with this model early on in the podcasting space of uh, of. Of doing um, ads, uh, pre pre roll ads essentially at the beginning of podcasts in a in a stitched stream, <laughs> which right. is where the name came from, right? right? Right. And podcasters would just went ballistic on yeah, them, ballistic. Right? Um, but and they they had to stop doing it, and Stitcher converted over to pass through and um, stopped doing that uh, specifically for that show. Um, but, but Rob, that was they, five years ago. So maybe podcasters well, or don't even care. Longer, yeah, that's even it was. longer ago yeah. than that. But but it's relevant to the topic today. Is that is that I don't think, and this kind of plays in. I think to a little bit of what Tanner's saying is that I'm not sure that podcasters today are as concerned about that. Right? I, I don't know mm-hmm. that there would be as much outrage if Spotify started to. Do, just stitch in ads around their shows. But if they said, yeah. but if they said, we're going to add, if you're a guest on our platform, you're here, we're going to drive you 8%, 9%, 20% of your audience. 
And for that mm-hmm. pleasure, we're going to run ads around you. And uh, good luck. Go ahead and monetize your own show. Right. You can run ads. Yeah, as, you can run ads. As host reads in your show. But right. if you're going to be on our platform, we're yep. going to run ads against your show. And there won't be any revenue share right. with you. And I think that's the most likely outcome. I here. think so, too. Well, it's about what yeah. becomes normalized and what becomes normative. Right. The reason people 10 years ago cared is because they were like, what are you doing? This is my art. But now there's commercials and everything. There's ads and everything. But the problem is – I think right. wasn't there recent right. uh, data out by um, Pew or Triton or somebody, maybe Omni, that said podcasters don't really mind ads? Podcast listeners said they, don't really mind ads Oh, they don't. don't. I mean don't. now if you subscribe to Hulu, even if you're paying for sure. it, you still get ads. Well, I'm just Ooh. saying – that the listeners are used to the ads and it's going to happen, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it has happened. Yeah, it has, but doesn't mean they have to pay. They don't, Hulu doesn't pay those programs. Hulu pays for the access to that content. They already write a check. To, well, Hulu's different. They're acquiring well, I know. productions. Of course. Not, so right. there goes back to my point from two shows ago. Why have we allowed these content companies mm-hmm. to have our, our content for free, our valuable content. If we all pull out of, if, if every independent content creator pulled out of Spotify tomorrow and unionized or whatever you want to call it and formed a coalition and said, you can't have our content unless you pay us a hundred million dollars a year. And we're going to pay every podcaster that's in the coalition, their fair percentage of whatever the consumption is on Spotify. Right. The game would change, but the problem is you will never herd a hundred thousand podcasters together to get them to do that. I would, well, I mean, it would be, it would be evolutionary. I would do backflips if we could. Revolutionary. We could do that if we, if we were, if we were cohesive enough. But there would be just enough people say, "Well, I'm not going to join that because if they're gone, then I'm going to be heard. My content will be found more. All those hundred thousand people have just left." So I'm going to stay over here. That's the problem. <laughs> I think by the same token, if Spotify started paying podcasters, they'd, for the same reasons, they'd probably own the medium. But but here's a here's I don't a think so. For, uh, well, <laughs> well, we can disagree. <laughs> I'm okay with disagreeing. Uh, what I think it might be an interesting question to ask, and I actually said that I haven't said this publicly, but I did say it to uh, Rob in a private chat the other day. Do you think podcasting as a creative medium lives? It, what do you mean? It lives? 10 years? Oh, absolutely. Because it's unique. Here's mm-hmm. why it's unique. Pe- you know, people have said podcasts are going away every year since 2004. And it just right. continues to grow and get bigger. Here's, here's well, so how many problems. headlines so have we problems. seen <laughs> podcasting Here, is about to die? Here, here's right. why. It, because right. it gives guys like me who didn't, as a blogger, as a horrible blogger, mm-hmm. gives me an outlet to say what I want to say, mm-hmm. have conversations with you like this, mm-hmm. and not ask permission for distribution. Right. I, had a, I had a blog. I had the 300 people maybe a week read it, maybe. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I, and when I put the podcast on that blog, then that changed. It changed the dynamic of the site. You've got, that's why there's brand new podcasters every day. Four or 5,000 new podcasters are well, actually more than that. 40,000 new podcasters are jumping into podcasting space every month. Now, 20,000 of them fail right off the bat. But the, 
you have people that my, my kid, he graduated high school and he told me the other day, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Well, he wasn't thinking about doing a podcast five years ago. He's thinking about doing a podcast now. Why? Because he can control the brand. He can do creative, have his own creative space. And yeah, of course he'd like to get paid down the road for his work. And I think we all, a lot of us would. Uh, but how old is your son? He's 18. What does he think a podcast is? Oh, he knows what podcast is because he grew up hearing me talk about it every day. So he's he's probably not a good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so so you're, you've almost brought up my point uh, accidentally. Um, you've noticed an increase in video podcasters, right? We've been doing video for a while, but again, yeah, yeah. I've been right. doing we've been doing video for ten years, and I think that video for a podcast is. Great. Why, you, you, ask me, Tanner. Ask me why I started doing video. <laughs> I was lonely. I was lonely. I was lonely doing my show, and I wanted interaction like we're getting in the in the comment section today. I was lonely. I didn't have... Is everyone swearing? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, not at all. It's, it's got good debate. <laughs> that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> um, I got lonely, and I wanted some interaction. So that's why I started doing live. So I see a lot of podcasters are starting to do live, a lot more live. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, a piece of that. Video podcasting is a thing, but most podcasters that do video don't do a video podcast. You know, this is going up right. on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. It's going to reside as an audio. And, and what, you know, we tell everybody at the end of the show, go over to newmeshow.com, follow or subscribe. And the majority but, do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the, the early days of this medium, uh, video podcast was like 30% right. of the medium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah. then YouTube launched and it basically siphoned off all that content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so you think that, uh, podcasters in 10 years are going to be creating audio only podcasts? I think they're going to do all of it. Why not? Yeah. Why well, not? Well, that. I think yeah. that the answer to that question might, um, lie in the beginning of our conversation <laughs> or but the mid, the midway of it again, is that it's a notoriously difficult creative channel. Uh, to make it in. And if more and more uh, creatives are concerned with making it, if that becomes the thing they want, uh, it's hard to believe that podcasting would be, I think podcasting is a low barrier to entry, regardless of whether or not That's you That's why it's never Spotify. going away. Mm, yeah, but I think it might also be the reason why it sorts out a lot of people who uh, or just not going to make, or just not going to the pod fade nonsense. That's, that's fine. It's going to happen. Uh, but I also think people graduate from it. Uh, uh, and I'm not wondering <laughs> with platforms like uh, fireside, which Rob and I talked about briefly. Uh, people that here's what I found mm -hmm. very, I mean, l probably less than one tenth of 1% of YouTubers make good podcasters. And, Yep. Podcasters make good YouTubers. It doesn't That's happen. A, it, was a it was a technical issue. That's a technical thing. Well, no, it's not. It, it, it's a different medium. Yeah. It's, it's a really technically an different orientation medium. towards video and yeah. an orientation towards audio. And, it's and, a content production issue. And right. Fireside and Clubhouse is a different medium. Rob and I have done a show over on Clubhouse, and it was chaos. We couldn't do mm. a good show over on Clubhouse. It turned into no, chaos. I, I don't think Clubhouse and Fire, Fireside are the same thing. Well, it's very, very close. Mm. It feels exactly the same. Are you on Fireside? No comment. <laughs> okay. Well, you, if you are, you know of some changes that are coming that make it pretty different. Well, again, it's going to attract a certain level, but what is the premises of Fireside podcast? 
and you'll get a re- you'll get a recording of your show from Fireside. They'll have an RSS feed that'll go into Apple Podcasts. So it, it's a podcast. Yeah, uh, I am a creator on that platform, so I'm not. It's in beta. I won't talk more on it, but it is not that. It will be that. We'll see. But again, it's going to attract a certain, just like Clubhouse has attracted a certain group and certain hive. That's fine. It's audio content. It's spoken word. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you go where your tribe is at. I know where my tribe is. I know where my audience is. And Rob does, you know, it's, this is, what, what is our audience here? We're, it's about podcasting, right? So I, and I think we're all going to experiment with these different platforms. But I, in the end, spoken word, being able to have that one-on-one conversation with an audience member as a podcaster is the crux of the beauty of podcasting. It's not going to go away. Mm. Well, and the other part of this is live. You know, if you look at the social sure. audio platforms, they're primarily live platforms. And from all the evidence that, that, that we see live typically typically, not in all circumstances, doesn't drive as much audience as the on-demand piece. So that's the, that's the experience. There are exceptions to that. I've seen shows that are huge that are live, but they are rather rare. But I, you know, I told Rob, Rob has a lot of time to go spend on Clubhouse and Fireside and Twitter spaces and stuff like that. I don't have time for that. I absolutely don't. And most people don't as COVID gets over and people are getting their lives back to soccer and gymnastics and everything else that goes on with life, going to the office and commuting. What people do is they select what they want to consume. And that's why it makes me podcasting just as important as the DVR in your, you know, being able to do watch on demand stuff is they watch it when uh, watch and listen to it when they want to for, Mm -hmm. for clubhouse and fireside. And for Twitter spaces and all that stuff, you have to be available to to be able to really participate in that content creation. Right. It's a scheduling issue. Yeah. yeah. So, you yeah. know, from that standpoint, uh, most of us don't have time to go spend two or three hours and hang out in an event. Now, a segment of people do. So that there will be enough success in each of those platforms that people are going to build their own niches and do their own things. So, and, you know... <laughs> There's only 600,000 potentially active podcasts. How many people are here in the United States? Let alone the rest of the world. There's billions of people that can participate. So there's enough to go around. (laughs) And I think that uh, that's why in 10 years, I think podcasting is going to be strong as ever. And it's, you know, all these other things are going to morph and there's going to be the new shiny object. And I'm not saying that they're going to have an impact because it doesn't work for me, but it may work for you. And if it works for you, bonus if you can make a livelihood out of it fantastic that's what i like about choices yeah what's what's unfortunate about some of this conversation is at least in my opinion is that uh we are crossing the we're we're becoming march steppers of people who are creating um for art people who are creating for business um and also importantly things which are important to listeners and things which are important to creators and which of the two plays a bigger role in driving the medium. Uh, I happen to think the creators are more important than the listeners. I've been on record multiple times saying that. I'm an advocate for creators, not for listeners. Uh, Without the listeners, there are no creators. Yes, and you say the same thing, right? Without the workers, without the business, everybody has that conversation and will fall on one side or the other of it. But the truth is that uh, you need need both sides, sure. I just happen to think that 
uh, what creatives decide to do, what the creators decide to do, is what will determine what the market does. No, what the listeners decide to do is what the market will drive. No, because if the if, will, if the listeners, listeners don't mooch. if the listeners, listeners don't if the listeners don't come, if the listeners aren't oh, there, okay. no guarantee. Listeners show up to get stuff for free. That's what listeners do. That's why the conversion rate is 1% to 3% on any CTA. And even more abysmal, probably, although I don't know, maybe it's the same right. for affiliate. But it's, well, I'm just going to say, it's if, it's if it's all about the money, then, you know, again, I'm going to say 50% of content creators in the podcasting space don't care. Honestly, don't care. I talk to podcasters every day. Hundreds and hundreds of podcasters every month and 50% don't care about making money. They do care about growing their business and that's a, it's a way of making money, but they don't, they want, don't want a direct way of making money. They want their shows to grow. They want more people to listen. They want their message to get out. So again, it, it, there's 25 different ways to, we, going back to where we started, there's 25 different ways to slice this and everyone has their own goals. I, you know, I, again, the best thing about podcasting is there are no rules because what I say, you can tell me, Tanner, you died, you're crazy. I'm going to go do my own thing. And that's, that's beautiful because I can't control that and you can't control me and it's all open and we do what we want and it's all kumbaya. We can have our own opinions and, uh, and we'll, we'll see how it falls out. And, and again, I'm not, all I care about, honestly, and Rob can probably attest to this. We want independent content creators to be successful. And whatever right. goals they may have, that's in the end is well, what we want. Well, success has lots of definitions. True. So it's it's not it's not one size fits all. Um, and this this conversation really gets back to the fabric of why we have the internet today. Um, the internet enabled breaking of these um, chains that were around platforms and gatekeepers. Yeah, gatekeepers. And if you look at what the what the web has done, and you look at what podcasting has done is it's maintained that purity of giving everyone access. And there, there are going to be people that are going to threaten that. There are going to be people that are going to try and um, harvest the opportunities that uh, creators have to benefit them and create proprietary platforms um, that will like what we've seen with, with YouTube, but there's trade-offs for that. Do you want an open ecosystem or do you want a closed ecosystem? And I think the market has chosen, chosen at least in podcasting anyway, an open ecosystem is the preferred choice. I, I always say that what we have in podcasting is very, very precious. It's really precious. RSS is precious. And people look at me kind of funny when I say that. What other medium that exists today guarantees that your platform and your message will stay online without being taken down? There's no one else. I don't it, think that that I don't think it does that. I think that we're we're ginning that up a little bit. It, what do you I, mean? I think I think there are lines that any creator is capable of crossing where they could be deplatformed. We talked about that. Yeah. Where they could be dehosted. Sure. Where they could be de-go-daddied. Mm. There are websites that get taken offline for the content they have. So I mean, there's the, an amount of trust. The biggest offender of them all is still online. The biggest, yeah. the biggest Thank offender and his audience. His audience is still hooked up to his show, still getting his podcast. The biggest offender that was removed from every platform is still online. And now, 
that's a bad example because he deserved to be deplatformed. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Okay, so, but here's the thing. Again, I have the choice. I have the freedom. I don't have to ask Spotify permission for anything. I can remove my show from that platform tomorrow. It's my choice to be where I want to be. I choose to be there, and I choose to accept the terms that they have laid out for me to be on that platform. So we have to protect RSS, because if we don't, if we don't, then we'll all be put in a box again. And we'll it, lose control. We'll lose control. So, right? so you talked about as a company pivoting. So uh, here's a question. I, I want to test how true sure. your willingness to pivot is. Which is more important to you? That RSS, that podcasting remain free and open, or that podcast creators be able to make money? You haven't given me a solution yet where podcasters are actually going to make money. You're hypothesizing that this is going to happen. Sure, it's a thought exercise. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to hypothesize, and I'm going to choose as a company to vote for open RSS. And and the money is going to sort itself out, and it has. because. Well, based who's, on what the content creator wants. Right, right. Based on what I as a content creator want. Otherwise, I don't have a choice. If there's no open RSS and there's no choice, th- then there's absolutely no way Spotify will ever give me a dime. No way. If there was no, R- if there was no RSS today, let's say it was gone, gone right now. Do you think Spotify wouldn't have a little different mindset when it comes to content? They absolutely. You're asking. You're you're asking. Do I think uh, they'd be willing to build out these tools if RSS wasn't? I mean, no. I'm saying. Did you think that if if there was no open RSS, mm-hmm. there's not a chance in this lifetime that Spotify would give a podcast creator that isn't in the top tier a penny. You wouldn't give them a penny. There's no chance. Why do you think that? Why? Because we can walk. We have a choice on this content. We don't have to be be, uh, be uh, beholden to Spotify. We don't have to be beholden to Pandora or iHeart. I don't have to kiss their ass to be on their platform. That's the way it used to be. Before well, RSS, yeah. we had to kiss butt to try to get on a platform. That was how... Well, it- <laughs> yeah, yeah, Todd, and it even goes further than that. Um, if you start a new show and you put it up on a platform... You're dependent on that platform to grow your show. Absolutely. You have no power walking no into power. that platform if you don't already have an audience. That's why music artists have gotten right. screwed. Right. They should be paid more than they're being paid. But guess what? They have. Everybody they don't have control. Huh? Everybody should be being paid more than they're being <laughs> oh, paid. Oh, I agree. But they don't have an incentive. there are costs to doing They this. don't have an incentive to do so. You well, know? And... Joe Rogan is a classic example of this. He was able to build a huge audience for his show and not be on Spotify and then be able to say, hey, I've got a billion people listening to my show. Mm-hmm. Um, pay me $100 million and I'll join your platform. He has power coming into the platform. Right. If he launched his show on Spotify, he wouldn't have any bargaining power. Uh, well, that's not true. We would have negotiated a contract with Spotify. No, he would have never <laughs> built his show to the level it is without RSS. Yeah. Joe Rogan is a very interesting example to choose because without RSS, he could have absolutely grown that audience. No, he couldn't. Given have. the fact that nope. most of his 
No, not yes. to the level, not to the level he did. No way, because yeah, he, got, he got, he got, free, he got, free, he got free promotion. He got multiple free promotion on Apple Podcasts. All these platforms promoted and had Joe Rogan at the top of their top ten list. If he had not had an RSS feed, he would have got no promotion on that stuff. There's no way he would have grown his show. He would have grown it, but it would not have got him a hundred million dollar check at Spotify. Impossible. Well, if RSS didn't exist, there wouldn't there probably would be a Spotify or an Apple. But are you suggesting that Joe Rogan's entire uh, media empire, let's call it, uh, relied on Apple? Ap- no, it relied on an open RSS. That's what it relied you think on. That, you think that couldn't have been done on YouTube, uh, Vimeo? It no. could have been done on literally any other platform because of did, who he did is. Joe not Ro- anybody, not but, me, not you. But remember, him. Joe Rogan started small. Would Joe Rogan had to have it? He may have been successful on YouTube, but then guess what? He would have been. He wouldn't be able to say what he says now on his podcast being on YouTube. He would be demon. He would be demonetized because he would break their community standards and he would be holding to YouTube. This is, this is where people have to realize but that this. would have happened to Apple as well. No, they it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. They could, Apple could have deplatformed Joe Rogan. He still has yes. an RSS feed. He's still on the air. He's still growing his show, but he, he didn't get deplatformed because he goes, he knows how to come right up to the edge. That wouldn't have happened on YouTube. You just Guess said. Guess what, uh, Joe? <laughs> you, Joe still has his his RSS feed on Lipson, ready to go at any moment. Yeah, you guys also have my favorite <laughs> podcaster of all time, if I'm not mistaken. So, just, uh, yeah. Dan Carlin. Yeah, there's another show. He loves. He's a successful guy, but he he his well, show he would not care about making money yeah, he doesn't show. care but his show wouldn't have grown to the way it was either without podcasting so yeah, i've been here from the beginning i've seen this whole thing evolve so that's when someone tells me this is why i get really passionate when someone says we don't need rss no more well okay <laughs> will he keep the lights on for you <laughs> well you know i think the i think you do care about the freedom of the i do Absolutely. Uh, and that is not what I care about. I care, I care about, about creators too. I care about creators, but I, I am Todd. I am a company of 23. Mm-hmm. I have tens of thousands of podcast customers. We have a pro service that helps podcasters grow their show. Do you know how that's, that's not an inexpensive product because that takes manpower, bodies, time, hours, all the stuff that goes along with building a show. That is not a cheap product. 99% of podcasters do not have the budget to be able to have that type of a thing. So yes, I'm the GM, I'm the program director, I'm the advertising guy, and I'm the talent. And that's a beauty thing for me in podcasting because guess what? No one can tell me what to do. I can quit tomorrow. I can continue. I can change the show format. I can say no to an advertiser. I can choose to ask my audience for money. And guess what? My podcast is where I want it to be because I control because it's open RSS. Yeah, and that freedom <laughs> comes at the cost of an extreme difficulty for those of us who want to make it, money, real money, it comes with money with our art. It's true. It comes it, because guess what you have to do? You got to build an audience for sure. You have to build an audience or you have to have a niche that pays very, very well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, okay, so I was one of the early guys, but do you know how many hours a week that I put into building my show? I put more than 40 hours a week into building my show before I had a company. And then I still had a job, had a company and had to build a show. So when someone tells me that they struggle, so, so when someone tells me 
that they're having struggles to earn money for the show. I didn't take a paycheck. Most people don't know this. I didn't take a paycheck from Raw Voice until 2019. Why? Why did I do that? Because I wanted to be able to go to podcasters and say, I was able to earn a full-time income from my show on my own, building a podcast because I ground and did the hardcore work to do that. Now, do you think everybody wants that? If you, if some people do, and some people, some people want that and they're going to work hard to build a show and build a presence. And this is not an easy medium. If it was easy, if it was easy, point two, there would be a much higher than 0.25% getting paid from YouTube. YouTube, why does YouTube only pay 0.25%? Because they breached that 100,000 hour of consumption mark. My show hits 100,000 100, hours of consumption mark on a podcast every month. So, but am I a good YouTuber? No. I think that the monetization game on YouTube is easier. Oh, than it is in podcasting. No, no, no. 0.25%. About 3% of the podcasting space well, you're talk, is, you're, you're is monetized. You're talking about how hard it is to get to the point where you can monetize on YouTube. I'm talking about once you've successfully monetized on YouTube, you'll earn more money than well, you would in podcasting. Well, the, mm. the truth of the matter of YouTube is that when they launched YouTube back in 2000, well, when Google Three, acquired I think, them, I think it was in 2006 or seven, um, they actually did pay out well. Um, to creators. Yeah, PewDiePie. We all has, know that story. Yeah, as, as Google, when Google buys a company like that, and there's a history of this with AdSense and AdWords, is that over time, they cut back on the revenue share. And over over time, and they don't tell you what that cutback is. It just, your, your checks go down lower, lower, lower. Google has a history, and this is the danger of putting all your eggs into one basket. Is that these but you know why they will... have to cut down on that revenue share, right? You, as the platform grows, and most are not as successful as, let's say, PewDiePie in forms of generating eyeballs on ads, they have to scale that, unless, or they have to charge their advertisers more dollars. Well, well, I, okay. I pay for the privilege so of not watching. I pay for the privilege of not watching YouTube ads, and I hope that my people that I watch on YouTube get some money for that. And, but here's the deal. I, I don't pay Spotify $9.95 or $14.95, whatever there is. And guess what? They're never going to give a piece of my, my monthly subscription to a podcaster. Not going to happen. We'll see. And again, YouTube yeah. money can go poof. Someone in the chat just said, Rogan stated YouTube's control and oversight drove him to Spotify. So, Again, I, I think what we can see here is, and, you know, I think we can beat a dead horse and we can agree to disagree. I think that the open nature of podcasting and the, what RSS has provided is gave millions of people the opportunity to be able to have their voice and get distribution into platforms that they choose so and not have to ask permission. That's the crux. To the and, tune of zero dollars. I agree. And, and if you are a content creator and you're hell bent on making sure you get have to get paid for your your art and you think that's going to be that Spotify is going to deliver that to you then that's the beauty is you have the choice to go over there and do that and work right. that out and no one can tell you no and i think that's another that's a wonderful thing i think it's a win-win for everybody uh 
do I think RSS feeds are going to be around in 10 years? Absolutely. I think they'll be around 10 years. Um, space is going to change. It's changing every day. But guess what? It's changed a lot already, and RSS is still here, and it's actually uh, stronger because of all the platforms adopting it as a way to, to – it's just easy. It's just an easy thing for them to suck in and – yeah, and I do think a lot that more in the more last more, three years than um, it ever has. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. I do think that that's okay. I, I do think that more and more content is going to go behind um, paywalls. And I think that's the trend that we're seeing happen at Apple and, and at Spotify. And, and I believe it's going to happen at other places. So we'll see, um, you know, I think the audiobooks and podcasting, it's hard to see a significant line between those two things now. Um, so, you know, I think that the medium is shifting towards monetization models that will pay, um, creators that are creating compelling, um, content that can justify getting paid for. And, and I think that's a direction the medium is going, but I agree with Todd. I think RSS is a, is a leveling of the playing field that I just, it's gotten so adopted by so many platforms. I just don't see it going away. So Greg Riggles on our chat, we've known Greg for years. He's tried to get music into podcasting in a big way. You know, we, so, we can, so I can play my ACDC at the beginning of the show instead of the little track we have. Mm -hmm. And uh, you talk about lawyer fees and paying to do that. They're, they've spent probably a million dollars to make that happen. Mm -hmm. It's still in progress. But anyway, he says podcast, and he's, again, he's been in the music business for years. He hasn't been in a podcasting business, but he's in it now. He provides you know, bumpers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, podcasting extremely analogous. Did I say that right? To the music industry. Yeah. yeah. To the music industry. If you connect creatives to entities that drive down the cost of IP for efficiencies, you are not supporting creatives. So, that's an interesting thing from a guy that's worked in the music space. So, in the end, Re creators create repeat that. Repeat that. Podcasting extremely analogous geez, to the music industry. If you connect creatives to entities that drive down the cost of IP for efficiencies, you are not the, you are not supporting creatives. If you put creatives on platforms which devalue the IP for the sake right. of making it easy, you're not creating, you're not supporting creators. That's what that's, that's, yeah, what, that's what he said. Yeah. And you know, I think what it really boils down to, look how they have screwed music folks let's just take that as an example look how music artists have gotten screwed they get screwed by the labels they get screwed by the digital ip space they don't get paid hardly anything on their music play mm -hmm. they've gotten screwed they've got the whole business is driven by touring i'm they've, they've well gotten aware. screwed so do you think podcasters who have no organization speaking for them or or out there being Congress Hall, the RIAA, MPAA, ASCAP, BMI, they have lobbyists that go around and do all kinds of crazy things, and yet the artists get screwed. So do you think that Spotify and all these other companies, they're laughing all the way to the bank? They just, I've got all this free content. It's offsetting how much we have to pay artists. It's bringing in new people to subscribe. The shareholders are happy. We got these podcasters hook, line, and sinker because, you know, they're building audiences. In my opinion, I'm responsible for my show. I'm responsible. I'm responsible for its growth. I'm responsible for its monetization. I am responsible for everything. I can't count on no one because <laughs> no one cares. Well, that's true. No but one I cares. haven't disagreed with that. 
Okay. No, no one cares, you know? So, um, we have to take care of our own. So I think the podcasting two point initiative as much as a long uphill climb as it is, it's not going to help everybody. It's not, it's not in, and it's in, but again, adoption, 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 you know, we can go on for this for hours. So Tanner, don't get me wrong. I think we all want the same thing. We want creatives to be successful. We want them to get paid for their art. You, you know, Rob, you and I talk about this on this show. You go back and listen. We, we probably every other episode we're talking about monetization for independent content creators and the frustration we have that the money's just stayed at the top. It hasn't rolled back down. Why am I being talking about revolutionary in the last show? Let's pull our content out of these platforms and let's coalesce and become a union or whatever, a collective, and then, you know, say, okay, you can have the content for $100 million. But it's a pipe dream. Renegotiate, right? That's no, the only. I can't agree. It's a pipe dream, right? Right, it's but like if we, herding cats. It's right, but if we could get every think about think about the power. If we could get everybody to say, "Hmm, our content is valuable," which it is. Otherwise, it wouldn't be being promoted on iHeart, Pandora, and all these places is the best place to get podcasts. Well, I don't know that it's <laughs> as far fetched as you're making it sound. I mean, voice artists do it. Yeah, voice artists are unionized. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's a matter of the community feeling as though it's important. What it takes, to be honest I with agree. you, is the top 10% of shows and the 90% of others to go. Because the top 10% of shows are going to hurt them the most. The 90% of the other shows are filler. You get them in a group and then everyone stays tight. No one, no one budges. No one runs off and says, oh, I'm going to go over there anyway. I don't think it needs to be that dramatic. I, I think that, I mean, we're seeing something very similar to this, to use that word analogous. I think we're seeing something that's very analogous to what we're wanting to happen with our content within the uh, data mining space, or maybe I'm saying that wrong, within the data collection space where we want the data we share with platforms to bring us a financial something because we're opting in to have our data consumed. I think it's it's honestly quite similar. But in, I, in what's desired well, that and goes, maybe in the way that it's accomplished. Well, that goes down. Yeah. 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 It's also, you know, our data is already, some companies are already selling the data. Blueberry and raw voice do not. We don't monetize any of the IP data from our listeners or our log files. But I can't say the same for everyone. And guess who's making the, who's, who's making the money, not the creator, the entity in the middle. Well, I mean, if you did, you could pay your customers to collect their data. That might work. Well, again, uh, be the value proposition a, of the data. A percent, know. and I, you know, I did some polling on this a year or two ago, and fifty percent of my podcast listeners said if they could opt in, they would. The other fifty percent said, "Oh, with re-, no, like twenty five percent with restrictions," and the other twenty five percent were hardcore and said no. But you can't expect that from a tech show. So, I mean, I mean. I think Todd and I will both it, it fully admit that uh, the opt-in issue is is a big downside to RSS. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's it it definitely um, hurts us mm-hmm. from competing with these big listening platforms yep. like Spotify. Yep. Um, that they can use that data to better target um, advertising, um, but I don't know that it overwhelms the benefits of the open nature of RSS. I talked to a um, a company here recently. And they are able to identify households just purely by an IP. They know how much you spend, what your household makeup is, the you know if you if you uh, smoke cigarettes. They have all that data, and, and guess what? Ninety percent of the data they collect is from public sources. They don't even 
have to go to some, you know, crazy secretive stuff. As long as they have your IP, they can associate that with um, you. Well, they can associate it with the zip code and they can make assumptions. Oh, they, they about can, the they, no, no, no. They can, they can associate it with an address. And I did the experiment. I gave them my IP mm-hmm. and they pulled up my file and showed me on a screen exactly everything that they knew about me from there. And he just did it right on the system. Brought me up, said, here you are. Here's your profile of you. And I mm-hmm. was, I about fell out of my chair. So, so you're saying an IP address is PII? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Unequivocally. Well, what does is, that mean? What that's, does that mean? That's why Blueberry and Raw Voice have adopted GDPR globally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though it is um, true that the IPv6 new protocol... Oh, that... Um, it changes that dynamic Big a time. little bit, a little. But then there's the, the, there's also the mapping that can be done to the the larger set of IP addresses that are associated with a particular user too. Yeah, so th- there's a way around that. You have twenty p twenty five IPv six devices in your house are all connected to the internet. <laughs> they know who you are instead of just one. Right. So. Yeah, I'm I'm confused how you're saying the IP address uh, allows you to figure out whether or not the person in the home is a smoker. Believe me, they have everything. They, they'd have to. I think they'd have to have more data than that. You they'd have you, to be mining you, more than the IP address. You would. Or there have sh- to be some pretty shady shit going on. Nope, this all public public information. You'd be shocked. You would be shocked. What is public information? Medical and criminal. Well, they records. can. Well, that they probably can cross, cross re- references database from shopping sites, from grocery stores. They can. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, and, and something about that. That's and, not okay. <laughs> well, that's what how grocery stores make money when they say sign not up for our, sign up for our value card. For, yeah, <laughs> the loyalty the loyalty programs are tracking yeah. that stuff. Yeah, right? and they sell that data, all of it. They sell all of it. So, yeah, the story I always tell is there was five years between my um, between kids and my son. My my wife went to get a pregnancy test, and she paid cash for it. We were the only two that know. We went to the, a military hospital to get a pregnancy test done there. Got the neovitamins. No one knew. We had made the announcement. Five days later, I got a, a parenting magazine in the mailbox said, congratulations, Cochran family. So that was before. <laughs> that was before the iPhone. So Pretty pretty big <laughs> assumption that it was a positive <laughs> test result. Well, pretty, uh, pretty uh, be quite upsetting. Who's, who sold that data? That's the question. Somebody made something. But anyway. Uh, yes, Martin. Legalized privacy. I agree. So yeah, I don't think you're going to argue out of me on that. <laughs> me neither. All right. <laughs> All right, we're way over. Yeah, we are. Yeah, so we go. Tanner, yeah. uh, thanks for being with us. And where can they find you? Where's your show? Or what? Do you want to promote one or not? Oh no, that's not necessary. You okay. can find me. Uh, let's see. You can find me at Tanner at TannerHelps.com. And your Twitter address. All the same. Tanner helps. Okay. Cool. All right. Come hang out. Come yell at me on Twitter. <laughs> hey, remember, we, we, we did we did we did we treat you nice or? I oh, yeah. hope, okay, I hope so. I hope yeah, you want to come yeah, back we'll and meet in real life. Yeah. Uh, here in a couple of a couple of weeks. So I imagine you had to. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but I believe you would anyway. Absolutely, and we'll go have a beer together. We can talk more about this. All right, I love it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, this is. I, I'm serious. As okay, well. good. This is a terrible <laughs> angle. I look very stoic. Good. <laughs> All right, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com and at Geek News on Twitter. Rob? 
Yeah, I'm on Twitter too, um, at Rob Greenlee, and I can be reached uh, at Rob G at Lipson.com if you want to reach out. And um, I think this was a this was a terrific show. And, yeah. and, and thank you, Tanner, for stepping up and wanting yeah. to come on here and talk about some pretty controversial topics in the podcasting space. But I think they're important topics for podcasters to think about and, and process for themselves. And if we don't get any comments from the audience on this one. <laughs> well, you know, if you ever need somebody to come on and be brave and talk about uh, controversial topics, I'm your guy. No, no, it's, uh, it's this is what we what we live for. Right. We really do. So well, I imagine I'll be back. Yeah. James will publish <laughs> a few more of my articles and I'll be back yeah. here next week. It's well, uh it's it's really what we do the show for and we always have. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, for everyone that's not subscribed, go over to newmeshow.com, follow or subscribe to the show. And of course, we do have a PayPal link on the website. So if we've added value to your day, drop us a penny or two. We'd appreciate it. Uh, it's not required, but uh, we do thank you for your support. And uh, Scott says Tanner for president in the chat. So I thought I would share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's the angle. That's uh, great. All right, everyone. Thanks. We'll see you next time here okay. on the New Me Show. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.